lot to discuss here with you guys, of course. Hope you listened to the Florida Bama Review Show on Gators Breakdown yesterday. After a big game. But uh, a lot of people were interested in the show yesterday. A lot to talk about. So got it out there for you guys. But you got my takeaways in that show, so this is more for you guys to give uh, your takeaways. Question I asked on Twitter this morning, put the poll up there. Did your outlook change for the team after that performance versus Alabama? I think I know the answer for most of that and, and how it would go. I figured it would dominate, yes, that the outlook has changed for you guys. But I kind of just wanted to get a gauge on how much, uh, you know, pretty much a, a lot of the fan base thought about that. So, um Turned out about like I expected there for those poll results, but uh, some good uh, feedback either way of why you think the outlook changes for the Gators. So start this right here, getting some people in here. Perry, I'll bring you in. Hey, Perry. What's up, Dave? How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Doing really good. Well, that's good. Hope Thanks you, for all your Hope updates. you are too. Doing a really good job. Thanks, man. Thank you. Uh, I just want to – I won't stay long. I just want to say that, you know, uh, Evesey and Gene DeLance, they deserve a lot of credit as hard as we've all been on them. And uh, yeah. I used to be a season ticket holder for 35 years. My father's an ex-Bull Gator. And the booing's got to stop. we got to come to some kind of realization on the booing. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And I think Mullen yeah. has got us on the right spot. We need one more elite recruiting class, which it looks like we're going to get. And we're back where we all want to be, so I think we should be extremely thankful. Yeah, Perry, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of booing either. Um, and look, I, I I do get it in some ways that more than likely the boos are meant for the staff and their play calling and their decision, but it doesn't come across that way. The players don't know that it's not directed at them. Uh, I mean, now look, I, I, some people out there probably are booing the players in their performance, but you know, I, I'm not a uh, I'm not a boo college kids guys, and I know a lot of people's decisions have kind of changed with the name, image, and likeness, and now them getting paid and all that kind of stuff. But I've never been a yeah, I, I've never been a booer of uh, of the Gators. That's just I, I, I approach it that same way. I just uh, I, I I don't agree with it. I can be, but my thing is I you know I can't tell people how to think. And, and no, no, no. Stuff. I just think uh, it's, I just think it's pathetic, and uh, you know that's uh, that's college kids. I know it's all changed, but. Uh... Yeah, You know, I just uh, – I think Dan has done an exceptional job hollering at him about the play call. Listen, he knows what he's doing. He's getting paid for it. We need to get behind him. we got a chance to have a really elite program here in about two years. And I just think we need to realize that. And I, I want to tell you what, Gene DeLance caught a lot of heck, especially from me too. And he deserves a lot of credit for the hard work he's put in and what he did against – I mean, let's face it, guys. This is a top five defense, maybe the best defense in the country. And we exposed them, and I think that's through sheer play calling and coaching. And um, I just, uh, I just would just caution everybody about the booing. It's ridiculous. You don't hear Alabama people booing and look at the program. That's the program we want. That's the gold standard, and we all know it. Yeah, I mean, you could. Uh, I'm telling you, I, I watched about the first half replay last night. Go look at those options to the right, and 
and trigger in and look at Gene Delance because a lot of those option plays don't happen without him. I mean, he's downfield, he's blocked, he's you know, he's engaging in his first block, he's 10, 15 yards downfield, making blocks and, and helping spring a lot of these option plays. And look, I mean, last year during the season in 2020, I took, you know, well, I think we all, we took our shots at Gene Delance. Yes, we did. Deservedly so. He, he didn't play good. But uh, I also transitioned into the offseason. I was like, don't give up on him yet. With with this shift in the offense and the running offense, you know, I said, I said more than on one occasion that, it's going to help this offensive line look better. Now, do, are they as good as they show? Well, in the run game, I think they are. I mean, we wondered after the first couple of weeks that this is the kind of performance that would translate in the SEC and translate versus Alabama. And the first test, it did, uh, you know. And um, it, it, to me, it just helps their confidence. It uh, And right now, with that run game, it's keeping – at least on the Alabama front, it's keeping where defenses just can't tee off on the passing game. And so they don't get a pass rush as fast unless there's obvious passing situations. But Florida's doing a pretty good job of keeping themselves out of that. Uh, there's obvious passing situations. The so defensive lines are kind of having to second-guess themselves of can they bull rush and get to the quarterback or do they have to play it a little bit safe because you don't know when the option's going to come. You don't know when Emory's going to scramble with his legs. So uh, that, in turn, helps the offensive line, too, in their pass blocking when they have to pass block. So as long as this run game is working, this offensive line is going to look really, really good. And part of it's because they are good and they're making the run game look good. Well, but it's don't, also, forget, don't forget Hevesy. We got to give him a lot of credit. No, no, yeah. I mean, there you go. I mean, I mean he's turned but, basically like and, and I'll say one other thing. I'll get out of here. I just think that Emory knows. I think, I'm so happy for Emory. Just yep. think he wanted to be a Gator and he stayed the time and look at what he did. He's not going to do anything but get better. We got AR on the bench. He's going to play. He's going to play two quarterbacks, and he has to because yep. he's got to keep them here. And you know, uh, I'm just I'm really excited about the way we're going. You know, I'm been a Gator fan since I was old enough to know what football was, and I remember oh ten and one folks, and it ain't no fun. And let me tell you <laughs> what, people in Florida State, it ain't coming back. So uh, just be thankful where we are. Yeah, there you go. Much much better than that school out west and that school down south for sure. Yeah, uh, no Gators. There. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Perry. Yeah, yeah, and shout shout out John Hevesy too there. Um, pretty much what I said for Gene Delance and the transition for the offense, it was going to help uh, him and how he develops, how he coaches as well uh, in that run game getting going. So, uh, all right, unique. I think you're in here, man. Yeah, weather man, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? Hey, like, hey I'm, like, I'm, I'm glad that forecast was a little bit wrong too. That that's why I definitely say it looked like we escaped the rain. It started raining soon as the game got over. So. Uh, but um, I was wanted to say for us to recruits, this like this is my fourth time going to the swamp, and I think that's probably the loudest I've heard it. And I think just for recruits and the amount that was there, I mean, I got on Twitter yesterday, and all I was seeing was a bunch of Bama players saying, "Man, this is this is the loudest stadium I ever been in." And I'm just thinking, man, like, what else do a recruit want? Like, <laughs> like what hey, else? Think, and think about, yeah. And think about it. A lot of those Bama fans, a lot of those media members that were lauding the swamp and giving it all the credit in the world, those are guys have been to Baton Rouge before in right. hostile environments. And, you know, they're still saying it didn't match what we saw in the swamp on Saturday. Yeah, and I'm like, man, that's that's big. First of all, that's just huge. And then for us to play like we play like that, it's like, man, it's it just I, I just felt like that that's got to do something for us 
us pulling in recruits this time. Like it just has to do something. I'm You're right. Like, you, this is a chance. You know, we're all waiting for that next step in recruiting. You you have to take advantage here. You, I mean, that's you, you have some positive glowing reviews, and we've heard it before. We've heard some positive glowing reviews that are coming out of games and the way recruits think about the program, and only for it to just not really amount to much on signing day. Has it mm-hmm. gotten better since Jim McElwain? Absolutely. But you're still waiting for that next step in recruiting. One step has already been taken. The, the roster has been improved. Now you're just kind of wanting to get on that knock on that doorstep because I think we see it. We see it. If yeah. Dan Mullen gets better players, just a step above where they're at right now, that man's going to be hard to stop in, in the coaching world if he gets any type of talent that you can sit there. And on signing day, now don't get me wrong, Florida develops well and, and closes that gap just a little bit there. But think about a couple more five stars, a couple more high-rated four stars that you can go into battle with and say, all right, we close the gap in another way now. Let's go to battle. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the um the, the, the field play, I mean, I kind of get the fans at the same time. I, Dan Dan's kind of he, he he kind of sets the atmosphere for himself. Yep. And when he got here, he set the standard. He brought back the standard. And when you don't bring that standard, I think the Florida fans are going to remind <laughs> you this is, <laughs> this is not the standard you were talking about. So, I mean, I kind of get it. And it's like, I just feel like I think all that goes back to the Kyle Trask and the Felipe thing. I think if that would have never happened the way it did, I think it wouldn't be yeah. as bad. Yeah, ev- like, ev- eventually knocking on the doorstep's not going to be enough. You know, and eventually you're going to have to break through. You're going to have to get that big win over Bama. You're going to have to beat Georgia on a consistent basis. And, you know, maybe that starts this year. You're, you're closing the gap at least two games versus Bama. You've you, you closed the gap a little bit, at least as far as on-field, on-field performance goes. You know, now the next step is, all right, go beat Georgia again. You know, go beat Georgia two years in a row. And then I think people will start to kind of maybe come around. I'm like, okay, I mean – I think you could already feel it. the program is going in the right direction. It's just how fast is it going in that direction and, and is it fast enough for you? Right. Does your, does your outcome of the season change? Does the, I mean, I, I feel better. Yeah, like, I mean, that, I, that's, I, I posted that question on Twitter this morning. I got a lot of feedback so far. I'll definitely hit on the uh, Gators Breakdown episode tonight with Will. Uh, kind of the theme of it there, you know, does the outlook change a little bit? Uh, obviously, I think initially that's going to be your first thought is you feel better uh, about the rest of the season. Uh, most of it's going to depend on what you look like coming out Saturday versus Tennessee. You can't go out there and, and, and lay an egg. can't go out there and feel sorry for yourself. You, you know, you, you came that close versus Bama and didn't get it done. I mean, if you, if you want people to continue talking about Florida, if you want uh, to st- stay there in the, in the minds of recruits, and if you want to just keep getting better as a team, you got to go out there and improve. You know, if, if you want to, if you want to go beat Georgia, you got to go get better every week up into that game. You can't go lay those eggs uh, that we saw a couple couple times last year. You know, you knew you knew Florida had a good team last year, but it was still those inexcusable performances that that came out. That can't happen. But I do think after Saturday. There are things that you can lean on to start feeling better about this team, either what your thoughts were before the season or what your thoughts were after the first two games of the season. Okay. Yeah. And one more thing on the AR thing, because uh, yep. it's, it's kind of confusing. You know, you got everybody everybody in the media, are they're going back to AR doing backflips in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what threw it off. It's like, well, is he hurt? Is this Dan Mullen just not playing him? Because a lot of people felt like just one drive of AR, just one probably would have took us over the top in that game. 
But yeah, I, yeah. And it had to come early. I mean, like I said, I think in the second half, you know, Florida scored on three straight possessions, three straight touchdowns. Uh, so uh, maybe it does get you off to a better start in the game. I think that's the you know the bigger question there. It's, you, know, you open with a field goal and then the interception on the second drive, uh, and then the defense turned it on in the second quarter, and the offense was still trying to find its way just a little bit before they got rolling. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think you can go back and look. And yeah, the whole AR thing's weird. Um, I've even heard he may have been trolling a little bit with the backflip, saying he knew he really wasn't going to play, but he did it out there and just trying to have fun with it a little bit anyway. Uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll get to – we'll see his status. We'll get to ask Mullen today in, in his press conference and see what the plan is going forward. Hopefully um, – he was cleared. He was cleared to play, but uh, Mullen did say it was only going to be an emergency role. Uh, and he did say after the game, if AR was going to play, he would have been a pocket passer. He would not have been running out there. So, if that was going to be the restriction of Anthony Richardson, you know, I, how would that perform? Would, would Anthony Richardson feel comfortable going out there and not being able to run around? So, a couple ways to look at it. I know, yeah, I, I, it, it is – Simple and easy to say. If he's out there, Florida probably gets you know gets the victory out there. But uh, whew, almost pulled it out anyway. All right, man. All right, man. Enjoy Thanks much. Morning, Dave. Good morning. Hey, man. I just real quick. I just wanted to give a couple of shout outs, man, to the number one, the defense. Uh, that, man, that it's, makes it more frustrating that first quarter because of how well they played afterwards. I mean, it was right. nine day, especially in the defensive backfield. From just all of a sudden, the secondary started making a lot of plays, a lot of good, great um, pass breakups and stuff on on good throws by uh, by Bryce. And then, because yeah. um, man, I, I'll be honest, I, I was I'm glad the team didn't give up because I was sure about to give up when it was. 21 to three around the start of the the second quarter and it just seemed like our offense couldn't get anything going and every time we uh you know we couldn't score they would get the ball back and you know obviously it was 21 they you know they already had 21 points in so I was thinking well here they're going to score again and it's going to be over but that defense right there at the end of the the first half uh just kept shutting them down shutting them down we got the ball back and then finally got going on offense thankfully and uh yep. so that's my first shout out would be to the the defense just tightening up i i think the whole team might have had a an issue with just getting used to the the game speed obviously because i mean it's obviously a whole lot different from our first two opponents and it seemed like once they they got used to it and everybody got settled in uh we but I, before you before you go there, before you go, but why why is that a continued issue though like it, it does seem like they do eventually settle in but why is it almost every big game it takes a while to get to to, to settle in you know why can't they get off to a faster what are they missing in game prep it can't just be game speed I in my in my opinion i think that, can, i think that is part of it don't get me wrong can but i why can i say something i'm so sorry yeah i love it hey dave so I noticed that too, and have and have you noticed that even on the far side of the field, even when Kyrie Elam, the safeties and the linebackers, they're damn near arguing to just get it figured out before every single play. Like, it's the most frustrating thing to watch. I do not understand how Todd Grantham can continue to let these guys line up 
in the same – I mean, we're, they're not changing that much stuff. Safeties and corners don't have to talk that much to either cover, zone, or – you know what I mean? It's just they're arguing every single play. It's just confusing yeah, I, to I, me. I agree. I, I, don't, I don't mind seeing the communication just as long as, as you said, uh, hopefully it's not arguing all the time. Hopefully they know their assignments. And to me, I actually like seeing them talk because that means they're communicating. And we still haven't seen those big miscommunication gaps that we saw last year. That's resulting in you know huge chunk plays for the opponent. Yeah. Uh, I I don't mind the conversation just as long as they just as long as the right things come out of the conversation uh, because that at least lets me know you are communicating. You're trying to make sure everybody knows where they're at and, and not have that stupid play where you give up some chunk yards because you're not in the right position. So, but yeah, you're right. Uh, it, hopefully, it's not uh, all the arguing and it is. I mean, hopefully, you know the. When they're on the field, the crowd's loud at that point. So hopefully, maybe it looks like they're arguing, and they're, but they're having to scream so loud because uh, yeah. the crowd's being so loud too. At the same point, but uh, that is that is the big thing. You know, if we could just get past putting the offense in a hole uh, because of the slow start on defense, maybe 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 that's the big difference in, in, in coming up with some of these big wins versus the the better teams on the schedule. But I mean, the, the adjustment the, the the adjustments were awesome. I mean, Florida was starting to dare Alabama yeah. to run the ball, uh, and they couldn't. Florida's defensive line took over. It was like, all right, you know what? We're going to adjust. We're going to just dare you to run the ball. Hopefully, our defensive line stands up, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, have you guys spoken about the Have you guys spoken about the two point conversion play yet, and the confusion with that? Uh, no. Mullen did say there was a little uh, confusion there. It almost, I mean. Don't get me wrong, Emory has a read to make, but, you know, if he could have mm. just read it just a hair quicker and handed that ball off, it probably was there anyway. Uh, you could probably wish for a different play call in that situation um, with the way the option was Do working. Do you think that there was a tight end pop pass or, or, or not the not t- or the the Tebow jump pass? Uh, there is a small yeah, – there, sure. there is a small part of me that thinks that Keon – that that zip was supposed to go to the middle because it was wide open. I think that that was why Emory was holding it because he was waiting yeah. for him to break free to dump it off. I mean, it would have been the perfect time, right? <laughs> yeah, no, without knowing the, the exact call, I mean, the Mullen did say there was some uh, a miscommunication on that play um, and, you know, stings because that was a game-defining play uh, in, in that situation. So you'd like to see uh, communication be better in that regard there. But uh, – no, without knowing the exact play call, I mean, you can definitely tell it was a read option there, and Emory hangs on to it too long. But the why, why, you know, why was the decision there? Was it more about the run game? Was it like as you were saying, maybe looking for someone else to, to you know, have have an option to? Um, without knowing the exact play call, I guess you know we'll kind of never know. But maybe we can uh, find out more from Mullen on that. Uh, yeah, so so back. Uh, I just had a little bit more to say. Uh, yeah, I was gonna get. Uh, so I gave my shout out to the defense, and yeah, like you said, I, I don't know what the reason is. That's just the only reason I could explain it to why it's yeah. a low start on defense. Um, oh, it's definitely part of it. It's just there has to be more, but um, for for that to be a consistent issue in these big games. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my other shout out was to the offensive line, of course, man, they played – that's the best offensive line game I've seen, and I, I don't – it's been forever. Just the holes that was opened up, um, and like you said, on those option plays, uh, DeLance played an awesome game. Ethan White, well, I've seen him out there bullying people, and, and that's so yep. good to see uh, just because of, you know, his whole story. 
And then uh, last shout out is going to would be to Emory, man. He he made a lot uh, as much as his legs played a factor. And I know he he missed on a couple throws, but man, he down the stretch he made some big big throws. Um, the the few that that caught my eye was the the slant to Naquan. Uh, yep. When you know we were on the one yard line, third, and, you know ten or whatever. That, that it's not a you know some crazy hard throw, but we haven't seen that you know towards the middle. We haven't really seen the slant work all year, so for it to work there to a to a running back nonetheless, and it was a great catch by Nyquan and a and a great run. And then of course the the back shoulder. Um, I think maybe it was on the on that same drive, or maybe it was later. I can't remember, but the back shoulder to to Henderson, uh, yep. down in the red zone. And then uh, another one that it wasn't even that great of a throw was the one down the middle to Whitmore um, when it was like uh, I think it was either it, we had a long what third you know, third nineteen I think yeah, it was in yeah. game seventeen yeah yeah I mean of course if it was a better throw we could have got the first down then but I, it, Dan Mullen said it we we don't expect he doesn't expect Emory to make all the throws and be super accurate like like Kyle was so. Those, those three plays were huge, and, and like the first guy said, man, I'm so happy happy for Emory to 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 play that way in that spot it was great to see. Um, and last thing is just how crazy is it that we went last year we had the best passing offense, and this year we could have the not the best but one of the best passing offenses and now we might have the best rushing offense it's a, a real testament to Dan Mullen and his play calling and his um Taylor and his game plan to the to the strengths yeah I mean that that's part of it there from Mullen too and I think a lot of it too is you know you still I think recruited mostly for that style of play so when you go back to it it's not a huge uh, departure for at least what you have developed and recruited for a little bit. And, you know, it goes to speak to last year to where it was just – we've seen Mullen pass the ball in his coaching career, but not as much as he did last year and and was able to go around and and, and adapt to that. And then, like you said, a year later, be able to go back around uh, to to what a lot of people will call his bread and butter uh, and and have something uh, for it. You know, I think we saw it on full display more than we did the first couple games of the season – and mostly because, you know, what I was going to say going into the game most of the time is that you got the quarterback's legs into the game. And it settled Emory down. It helped him, helped the entire offense. Uh, you become a lot less predictable in that regard. It helps the offensive line uh, there by, you know, I think getting them in the groove is too. I said, look, it's going to be different when you ask those guys to move forward 40 times a game instead of, you know, backpedaling and, and, and pass blocking 40 times a game. So it, it does definitely helps that group. Uh, come along, but yeah, I mean, up and down day for Emory, of course. Yeah, that and as we kind of said, that's probably what we expected a lot coming into this season. There was not going to be as much consistency as you saw with Kyle Trask, but maybe some of the big plays were going to be there, uh, and a lot more on the ground as well. So he's got to use it as a building step. You know, this has to be uh, something that you can take. It's definitely a better performance versus Alabama in those first couple games uh, of the season. I think the game plan was built around him. Um, more so in those first couple games, uh, just to make him more comfortable, use his legs a bit more. It helps him so much in his confidence, I think. It gets him into the rhythm of the game a little bit, too. And going back in the rewatch, I mean, some of those runs weren't easy as well. I mean, he had to spin away from tacklers. He 
put his shoulder down a couple times again, a couple more yards. I mean, uh, up and down day, that interception still like to have back uh, a, a bit. Um, I don't necessarily blame him for throwing it. He had to get rid of the ball or had to take the sack. So you could go back and say revisionist history. He probably should have taken the sack because, of course, the ball got picked off. But that ball flutters out of bounds. It's no harm, no foul. Uh, it's just trying to make the play happen. Um, and, of course, go back and look at it. Maybe like to see him take the sack and, and punt the ball so Bama doesn't start in a good field position there on that drive. But uh, all in all, much better performance. Just something that he has to build on. Uh, but I think so. I think, you know, now you get into SEC play. It's going to be the game plan. You're going to see his legs a bit more. AR comes hopefully back next week. So you don't not so scared to be quarterback running and getting injured. And I'm not a, a big fan of coaching scared. So, so now you've got a, maybe a fallback plan now of, uh, when AR is getting more healthy, closer to 100%. So I think you could run the quarterback and feel a little more confident in it if, if an injury does happen or if he has to come off the field for a couple plays uh, here or there. So – Quarterback run play, I think uh, now we're, we're going to start to see it. There's really not a whole lot of reason to show that in the first couple games. Uh, now it's going to be part of the game plan as we move forward. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I had a lot of hope coming into this season, knowing we were, you know, going back towards this style of offense. And you know, I heard a lot of people say, like, how is Dan Mullen going to adjust his offense now that that Kyle Trask is not there. And, and I mean, my thought was always like Kyle Trask was the adjustment. And, and this, <laughs> you know, this style is, is what he, what he wants to do. And, and like you said, bread and butter. So, but all right, Dave, uh, good stuff. And I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Man, what a game. Yeah. Well, I mean, man, unfortunately, you know, that is, that's, that's still the bad part of it, you know, coming up short. Yeah. There's some good takeaway too, but uh, you know, not to harp on the bad. It's just, I'll go back to my preview episode. Just can we get off to a better start? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's on both sides of the ball. You like to see your offense get off to a better start too. But to me, like I said, it was somewhat expected for me in a way. I just, I just hope, hope and pray maybe one time we just see a better start on, <laughs> on defense to start a game off. Yeah, I was actually going to ask maybe taking the ball first until that actually maybe gets better, you know. Um, right. Yeah, we could start, you know, maybe deferring till then. Um, just given the kind of emotions, I guess, that poured out in that game, and do you see them – you see them having a little bit of a hangover kind of going forward, like they kind of beat themselves up too much, or can you see this team rebounding? Because, I mean, they grew up in four quarters. Like that was – that was the most interesting thing that stood out to me because even when – those last like what two and a half minutes where we botched that two point conversion, like Emery went and like put his arm over Malik and just was basically saying, dude, like that's on me, you know, like just, just seeing that type of poise, I guess, even in like the bad, I almost kind of feel like this loss is like the exact kick in the ass that we need to just steamroll the East. But I mean, again, I, I'm more curious, like what is your perception of the team and how quickly maybe get over something or do you see them actually, you know, starting fresh this morning and getting after it to get Tennessee. There's definitely a lot to take away. And, you know, this is where I think leadership comes into play. You got your Zach Carter, your Malik Davis, Henry Jones of the world there. You know, just players' name off uh, off the top of my head. That, um, yeah, you'd like to say this is something they can build on. You know, and, and hate, you know, just a, maybe the moral victory part of it. But the part of it comes, you know, how, how do you respond? And I do like the – the veterans on this team uh, from, you know, keeping this from uh, being hit too hard, you know, shout out to the crowd, you know, as the, 
as the game was ending and the and, and the and the players were heading to the band uh, to do the on the water after the game, and the crowd was cheering on the team and stuff. So you know, hopefully, it's just those little things that maybe add up to say, you know, all right, you know, we we're here, we we. Two games now in Alabama in the last you know few games go dating back to last season and now early this season, uh, you see how close you are. But uh, you know, you've got to this you you've got to sit down, figure out you know where where the issues are. Um, you can't be happy that you sit there and say, okay, well we were two points within Alabama. That's how good we are. No, there's still plenty of room for improvement uh, for for this team to take that next step. You know, you you've got to improve as the season goes along. Other teams are going to improve as the season goes along uh, as well. But you do have a good starting block. You have a building block to to build on. Uh, but I, I like the player and make the player makeup on this team to you know to to, to be there and not let the the loss hang over. Uh, maybe it could be proven wrong <laughs> when we uh-huh. roll around here on uh, on on Saturday. I'm kind of kind of glad it's one of those night games that you know you get kind of hyped for anyway. And if it was one of those noon sleeper games, maybe you kind of sit there and say, ah, you know, who knows how you respond to one of those nooners where the crowd's late arriving and, and the atmosphere's not there. I expect a good atmosphere uh, after what we saw Saturday. Now you got a game night game after that, so I think at least some of the outside stuff will be there. Uh, but now it's going to be internal and, and the coaching staff and the veterans of this team to make sure that it's something that you can build on and, um, and not feel too hard on about the loss. You know, I wanted to take it hard. I wanted I wanted to take the loss hard and, and see, uh, you know, this is what it feels like. This is how close you are. But it doesn't matter if you don't turn it into some kind of positive. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I put a little bit more investment into, like, initial reactions versus, like, breakdowns yeah. throughout the week. But it seemed that everyone – because I was thinking, well, if we beat – Alabama, then they talk about, you know, Alabama, are they down? Are they on their way right. out? Whatever. And that, know, that's, they're, happening, they're, that's happening anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, but it's just, you know, on their way out. But I I found it kind of surprising that all the initial reactions were more more emphasized on, like, dude, Florida came out. Like, what what is Dan Mullen doing in Gainesville? Like, there was a huge emphasis on that. And, I mean, just given, like, later down the way, if the eye test becomes a factor, like, those kinds of talking points, like, I think carry a lot of weight. So, if we yeah, are kind of on the yesterday fence. Too, right, that's what I said yesterday on the pod, too. I was like, right now, it's not a good loss. On the heels of the game, it's not a good loss. No, no loss is good. But when you get toward the end of the season, then you can kind of define bad loss, good loss. Hopefully, hopefully you're in that conversation where you start looking at good losses, uh, you know, for, for Florida and some kind of college football playoff race. We're getting way ahead of ourselves there, but – you know, as people like to define moral victory or people like to define good loss, right now it's not. You lost a game, you know, and a game you had a chance of winning. But maybe down the road, if you keep improving, then you look back at if it's a good loss or a bad loss. Yeah. And does that Texas AMM Alabama game, where is that, Tuscaloosa or um, Kyle Fields? Oh, uh, shoot. Uh, let's look it up. I'm not sure off my because I mean I would love to have head. another chance at Alabama, but I'll tell you what Texas A&M they're looking like they're being a little more consistent than I prefer. Yeah, I mean they have uh, the injury at quarterback, so we'll see where that you know is hanging in the balance uh, when when that game comes along. It is at Texas A&M October 9th, so circle that. But uh, Alabama has Ole Miss the week before that at, at home, so nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, again, I mean, I'm proud of the guys as always. And like I said, it'd be one thing if it was a bad loss. If like that defense just never showed up. I mean, yeah, I would have, I would have been much more upset, but the fact they, they owned it, offense got back into it. We just didn't finish uh, at that very end there. So, but yeah, I mean, 
like dead, like Mullen said, it's just like those those margins for error are so slim, like to do anything missed extra points, like you can't do that. So hopefully it gets better. Right. Yeah, didn't cool. finish the game, but you got a chance to finish the season. That's the way I'll put it. So. Same. All right, well, I'll let someone else have the floor. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, man. All right. What else we got here? What's up, Nick? Hey, good morning. Dave. Greetings from Birmingham. How was the trip, man? Man, it was awesome day, man. Me and my wife, we stayed in Alachua. Uh, man, it was great. We went up there Friday, visited the campus, uh, got up there Saturday morning about nine o'clock, man. Got a chance to meet Brandon Spike. Uh, it was it was crazy, Dave. It was really it was really good atmosphere. Glad you enjoyed it. Glad, glad it was worth the trip. But we, of course, didn't get didn't get it done. But at least uh, at least it didn't feel like a wasted trip. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm telling you, man, we got down 21 to 3, man. I was like, I started sitting down, then my wife started standing up. I was like, oh, Lord, don't let this shit blow out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, once, once, we, once we closed that gap a little bit, Dave, man, I'm telling you, the crowd got back into it, man. And uh, I'm telling you, after Bama reeled off them 21 in the first quarter, man, the defense really started – so they really played well after that, man, and uh, they just hunkered down, man. And uh, I mean, it was a gutsy, gutsy performance by on both sides of the ball because they could have easily gave up. Yeah, I guess. You know, I just thought about this. Maybe there's something teams are identifying in Todd Grantham's defense that he starts the same way almost every time, and they just kind of know what they can take advantage of. Uh, maybe he could come out and be more unpredictable unpredictable in that regard uh maybe that's what it takes for a faster start on defense uh just because it it, it does seem to happen uh, way, way too often get get you and you get your offense in a hole uh mm-hmm. they have to they have to play perfect pretty much the rest of the game and look they, they almost did uh there's just drives in the second half were just some long drives uh to where maybe if uh you, you get one just a little quicker uh, maybe you get an extra drive somewhere along the way, uh, but yeah, that's just all, all in the storyline of a game there. But yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of credit to go around, uh, but uh, also just uh, look. I mean, that's what I said yesterday too. You know, Florida outplayed Alabama for three quarters. So that's why it also that's why it also seems like there's more good to talk about than bad. But yeah. Most of the bad really dates back to just the one quarter. Uh, so there's a lot more to look at for Florida in quarters two, three, and four and to get back into the game. So, you know, it almost uh, – it's weird because you're almost, a lot of the conversation kind of sounds like a, a lot of conversation after a win. Uh, mm-hmm. But right now it's just uh, – that's the that's that's the hurtful part of it is, you know, you had your chances and didn't, and didn't come out. Absolutely. Uh, let me get your opinion on this, Dave. And I've been back and forth. Me and my wife was talking about it. Uh, when we when we got down there for the two point conversion, and I was talking to another Florida fan behind me, and I was I know Ar was you know he was out, but I was talking to him. I said, man, if he could just bring Ar in for this two point conversion, uh, you know, maybe that adds a different a different vibe to that to that two point conversion. What's your thoughts on that? Or would you rather just kept Emory in there doing that since he had been starting the whole game? Well, and, and the run game is working. It, it, it's hard to sit here and say you know, maybe taking Emory out for for AR. Now, maybe what I'd like to see if a if AR was not going to be anything more than a pocket passer right then, Mo said after the game, maybe throw him in at receiver 
wherever that you know you play, you see him at receiver just as a decoy. Make Alabama <laughs> think a little bit more, but that's you know revision history, revisionist history here. That's just yeah. something that comes up in my mind there, with especially knowing that AR wasn't really going to do anything uh, as far as with his legs. So maybe some kind of decoy type of play with him, but you know, in, in looking at it, I just think the way you were running the ball. Not a terrible call. Emory makes the decision that hair faster. Maybe you get in anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it's just the, the the way the run game is working. I I I can't really second guess the play call. I can't really second guess with who was out there. It was just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just got to got to go execute. Make sure there's no confusion. Make sure everybody's on the same page. Uh, in in that type of play, you know, where you may not get the ball back. Uh, and that's just kind kind of what happened there. I got you. And the last thing is this, Dave. Uh. That that play by Jamarcus Weston where he let that ball go out of bounds. Have you ever seen one like that? Uh, I, I, it's been a rare that I've actually seen that. Yeah, I'm just assuming since it happened in the end zone, he probably thought that since it was in the end zone, it was going to be a dead ball even if it hit him or not. Um, but apparently not. Uh, apparently the ball can roll out of the end zone and back into the field of play, and that's exactly what happened there. And Florida starts at the one yard line. So, you know, um, credit to Will Miles there. And a little shout out to him for his articles. Like, yeah, you know, Florida ended up scoring on that drive, 99 yard drive, but yeah. maybe you save a little bit of time on the clock toward the end of the game if you don't have to drive 99 yards. Maybe if you only have to drive 70, 75 yards, then you got to a minute more on the clock and you can do something more at the end of the game. So it's just those little things that I talked about yesterday in the podcast, the little things that just really added up for the upset not to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate it, Dave. I always enjoy uh, what you do. So keep up the good work. Go Gators. Go Gators. All right, G, I just brought you in here. Shannon Snell making an appearance. You got you in here, Shannon? I see you're in here, but it looks like you're on mute. What's up, Dave? How you doing, buddy? How's it going, man? man? Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Good. I just, uh, I mean, it was. uh, I know everybody saw the game, and uh, I keep hearing this thing about, um, you know about everybody thinks saying, hey, it, it was a loss and, you know, we shouldn't be in the moral victories and they're absolutely right. Uh, but let me, thing, let me hear, bro, let me hear it from a former player. Like, wait, what, yeah. what is the mindset of a, of a player in a, in, a, in a close loss like this? Uh, it sucks. It, it really does. I mean, no matter how you look at it, a loss is a loss. And I don't think anybody in that locker room is going to look back on it and be like, hey, at least we played Bama close. I think that's more for the media, the fans, and everybody else. But but it does go with saying – I was on the sideline on, on, on Saturday, and it does go with saying that the energy from that Florida team throughout the entire game was like – it was at a high level. It was different. And it's the fact of – and this is one thing I'm a little bit – I'm a little bit sick of hearing is that Bama's having a down year or Bama's not mm-hmm. looking so good. Everybody saw Bama the first two games of the season, how they – absolutely killed Miami and they, they just beat the shit out of everybody. Here's the thing is that maybe people need to start giving. And I talked about this weeks and weeks ago. Matter of fact, I was on here with you about how good this offensive line could be. Yep. And if, if you, if, if, when Dan finally got his guys and finally got his system and finally got his quarterbacks, you know, uh, uh, under his wing and gave, gave him a couple of years and finally got the firing of how good this offense could be. And this is exactly what it was. Last year was a little bit. 
know, some generational talents and, and Trask and Pitts and, and Tony. But now Dan has – now he's opening up the playbook for exactly what he wants to do. And his offense – and, and, and you know what? We all need to kind of give John Hevesy a little bit of credit because this is the offense that he was born and bred in. This is the stuff that he ran when he's been with Dan. This is, this is what these guys have been clamoring for for so long. And now that they have the guys, it's not that Alabama is down. Alabama is going to go through and kick the shit out of everybody moving forward. We already know that. Alabama is going to learn from this game and try to adjust. But there's not, they're not going to see another offensive line that blocked like Florida did on, on Saturday because Florida came out with the mission. I saw it all week. I saw, you know, the same guys. And I, mean, I even talked to a few of them where they, they believed that they were going to beat Bama and that Bama was not, Bama was not going to dominate them. So I think all the, uh, all the credit in the world needs to be given to the Hevesy in that offensive line because – it wasn't – this is not an abnormal defense. Matter of fact, I can go on record saying there's a couple Alabama guys saying that this is their best defense that they've had since 2012. And I so, agree. I, I, the, the, my, my preseason notion about this Alabama defense hasn't changed. I still thought it was a really good defense. I still think it's a really good defense. And I, like you, I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving a lot of credit to the Florida offense there. Yeah, and, and, and just, you know, just from what I see – what I saw from the sideline, you know, Florida has the opportunity to run the table. This, that's no doubt. I mean – Emory, it's everybody obviously needs to understand that this was his third game. And we've seen the progression from game one and game two. And, and AR, once he gets better, you know, he's going to be that extra added wrinkle into the offense. But I think Florida's in a really good spot um, right now, as long as there's no, like, you know, you know, no droughts in their thinking or where they're at, uh, you know, or any lit downs from this Alabama game saying, hey, at least we hung with Alabama. We can beat anybody now. They still have to perform. But, brother, I tell you, being on that sideline and, and watching those guys and seeing the energy, and uh, there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to be in a really good spot moving forward uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's more – it's a it's a lot of mental mental toughness right now uh, going in, like you said. Can't can't relish and, and, and settle for a close loss versus Alabama. You know, use it as, use it as some kind of motivation for the rest of the season. Right. And, 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 and the second thing is – well, the last thing is uh, the two-point conversion. I know. I mean, it's it's like you just said. I mean, you could you know question it. You cannot question it. I thought it was a good play. If Emory decides to hand the ball off and, yeah. and let and let Pierce just kind of take off and bull right into the end zone, I think Florida gets it. But you know, it's it's a read option is a really tough play, especially with the closer you are to the goal line because you don't have a lot of room to operate, or especially when the defense is so close in. So it was it, it was probably a tough play to call right there. But Florida was so good and had done so well up front just opening up holes in the middle of the defense between the guards. Um, I think it was, you know, it was it was a 50-50 call. And if it would have worked, he would have looked like a genius, but it didn't. And it just, you know, it's going to take a little bit more time for those guys to, to create a little bit more of a cohesive unit, especially on those handoffs. But I, I think it was it was a good call at the time. Yeah, I, I think so too, especially, like you said, the run game was working. And it's just, it, it's easy to go back and look and say what should have been done. So. Yeah, but anyway, thanks, brother. I appreciate you uh, listening in. Hey, thanks for hopping in. All right. Let's see. We got some one more coming in here. All right, Devo, you in here? Hopefully I'm saying that right. Hey, hey David. Hey man. Hey, uh, so just a quick question. Uh after seeing our rushing attack against Alabama, like seeing how it can actually go to work against a top-tier opponent. Uh, how do you think that plays out for play calling the rest of the season? you think we're going to be more run-heavy for sure now? Well, I think so. I mean, I think just because it makes the whole offense easier. I mean, it, it's uh, – defensive lines cannot – you know, they don't, don't tee off on the 
on, on dropbacks for the quarterback now, I think it puts you in some friendly down and distance situations. You know, you're not dealing with a whole lot of third longs uh, when you run the ball like this. And, you know, we'll see how consistent it is. I think that's the big question is, you know, we, we've seen it three games now. So I, it's going to be a huge part of the offense. It's going to be a huge positive part of this offense, you know. But now uh, you've had some you've had some friendly situations. We'll see what happens when you go on the road in a couple of weeks. And, and you know, it, it, run games usually travel. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, along, but I think given Mullen's history and, and and an offense like this, you probably have to feel pretty good about it being a huge part of this offense moving forward and, to me, making it easier for these quarterbacks when they're out there. Okay, one more thing. Uh, Naquan Wright, what do we – I think I think he should be getting close to uh, getting that one spot. I mean <laughs> – it's hard to say. I mean, Malik Davis, you go and look at the game he had as well. And after what he did week one, uh, you saw what Pierce did in week two. Uh, and then Pierce had a big run in this game as well. I mean, I just – I think every week – It it's really is hard. Different. Yeah, it I is, think every it week is, is hard going to, to be say. something different. Yeah, every week is going to be something different there. I mean, Wade Wright had that 99-yard touchdown drive. doesn't happen without Naquan Wright and everything, the thing that he put out on the field uh, in that drive. As a, as a receiver, as a running back, I mean, he, he controlled that drive. That drive was because of him and, and his playmaking ability. Uh, it's just It really might just be. I know everybody hates it. and Well, not everybody, but I know a lot of people hate the whole running back by committee, but it really just might be that way uh, this part of the season. Maybe we see more Lingard, Bowman. As the as the season goes along, but I mean, I, more, a lot of the same talk we talk about this run game and John Hevesy and the offensive line. You know, I, I kept saying too that it's really going to benefit these these running backs. And don't give up on Pierce yet. Don't give up on Dave, Davis yet. And I know those guys are veterans, and you probably expect more out of them the last couple of years. But going back to this offense was going to help those running backs as well, and that's what we've seen these first three weeks. Yeah, I think Malik Davis is going to. I think he's finally found his confidence again. I feel like last season he wasn't very confident, but he's starting to look more confident on the field. I like how he's looking. Yeah, I do too. I mean, good, good, good for him too to, to bounce back and have a have a really good year. And uh, you know, just that, that after week one and some big plays, and I think he, I think he averaged almost nine yards a carry against Alabama. So uh, you, you got these running backs making plays out there. True that. Thank you. Thanks, man. All right, a couple more in here, and then we'll call it an episode. Oh, good, man. How about you? Oh, good. Uh, I just wanted to say that I'm very proud of the boys, the way they played yesterday, um, Saturday, sorry. I think they played with a lot of heart, and they really showed that they are at a close to be at a national championship level. And um, also, I wanted to ask you, like, why does everybody want to say that Bama played down or they didn't execute the way they were supposed to instead of saying that Florida actually played better? They were better than they thought they would be. That's my big problem. Yeah, part of it, part of it's because people want to be right. People want their preconceived notions to be right. So you know, they they want to say Alabama is better, but they played down instead of saying, well, maybe Florida's better than we thought. Uh, I think that's the uh, for a lot of people that's the easy way uh, to, to go about it, and they kind of want their preconceived notion to be right. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, Florida raised their level of play. Uh, a lot of people will say, "Well, Bama jumped up twenty-one to three, and maybe they took the foot off the pedal." Well, Bama doesn't really do that. Bama doesn't take the foot off the pedal. That's a that's something that Nick Saban has been lauded for of not taking the foot off the pedal. So why is it now 
that a team actually came back and made it a competitive that Bama took the foot off the pedal. I don't agree with that either. So I think I think it was more about Florida coming back and more so than Bama getting comfortable or Bama uh, taking the foot off the pedal. And uh, hopefully it's something that you can build on uh, as the season moves forward. Because yeah, I think you know if you look at it that way and it, and it, and it's somewhat true. There's a there's a lot to take away uh, for, for, from that performance there. Uh, but uh, you know, and look. Uh, I'll say, you know, I, and I'll, I will say, I, I don't think Bama's offense is as good as last year's, but they're about where I thought they would be uh, this year with with the change at quarterback. I didn't, I never expected them to be uh, last year's offense. I still think that Bama defense is really good. I still think one of the one of the country's best defenses, and and Florida's offense uh, went out there and had their way in the run game. So uh, uh, maybe maybe it's my orange and blue glasses looking at it, but I still think that Alabama team is good. I still think that Alabama team is the best team in the country. And Florida did some good things against them. I totally understand. I totally agree. I also want to say, like, when if, even when you look at the first three drives, where we gave up just 21 points, in each drive, at least twice, we could have stopped them. It was yeah. mental errors. I think it was jitters. I think the guys didn't know exactly what to expect. I think they got to take a little time to settle down. But in those three drives, at multiple times, we could have stopped them. It was either penalties or missed tackles. Yep, the missed tackles were my biggest worry, and it showed up early. And you know, credit to them for for improving throughout the game. But my biggest worry showed up early and often, and and pretty much was the difference in the game. Um, and but that second drive, I'm telling you, that that's the one that that irks me just a bit because that pass interference call on Elam was it was. It, it, first of all, it wasn't pass interference, and I think the ref thought it was going to be, and just decided, okay, you know what, I'm throwing the flag before I even actually see it. Uh, and you know, maybe that's a little bit of Bama cooking there that we you know we see uh, sometimes out there. But uh, you know, you had you had them stopped on that second drive, uh, and maybe that's the difference in the game as well. Now, of course, the game still has to play out, and you, you still had your opportunities there. But there are things like that to point to as well that uh, you know, for at least for as far as the defense goes, and that the early. Uh, onslaught that Bama put on them, uh, there are things that said maybe, maybe that shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Also, I wanted to say, like, the last thing I wanted to say, that we had a bunch of recruits there at the game. Um, I hope that this game is the one that turns it around for us, that they can see that we are national contenders, pretty much, compared to the other schools that they are thinking of going to. And I think that um, what have you heard so far from the feedback? I know everybody liked the, how loud it was, how nice the ambience was, the atmosphere and everything, but what have you heard of any of the recruits? Because I know we also had a lot of guys that are already committed to other schools that were coming in. I know Walter Northern was still coming, was still there. And um, what have you heard from those guys? Uh, no one, you know, gave it a, um, uh, I think, a rating out of 9 out of 10 is what I saw. And, look, you know, he has those three schools at his top. And, uh, you know, even said at the time, I wouldn't buy fully into those three being his final three. You know, I still think that recruitment is is open for many reasons there for, for Nolan and, and, and his family. Uh, so, you know, we'll see where it takes. But uh, as far as recruiting goes, you know, of course, you're going to hear a whole, a whole lot of glowing reviews uh, from these recruits that were there. And it's up to the staff to take advantage. And we've heard this before. It's nothing new. You've had the LSU environment in 2018, and you come out with a victory. You had the environment of 2019 Auburn. Uh, and a lot of the same things that we're hearing now are the things we heard back then. Uh, now the staff just have to go out there and take advantage of it. So it, it's in the staff's hands now. You you have to follow up uh, there. You, you're, if this environment can get you in the battle, can get you in that final conversation for a lot of these big-time recruits, then it's now up to the staff to close the deal. And that's where they've 
you know, have faltered uh, in, in years past, but now you, you, you have a chance again. Uh, Florida got some got some uh, crystal balls. You know, some of them were happening right before the game anyway. Azariah Thomas, the, the big athlete there, uh, he's got some crystal balls. Um, the, some picks were before the game, but even more coming after the game uh, there. The big-time athlete, more likely a safety for the Gators, uh, four-star. You're probably looking good for him. Jaden Gibson, four-star wide receiver. Uh, now looks like he's leaning towards Florida a bit too. So Florida's got some big names uh, that they're looking good for right now. It's just the same old story. You've got to be able to close it. Yeah. Well, one last thing, sorry about that. I hope the guys just keep on playing the way they play and they keep on getting better because if we remember FSU got a good game, well, they, a good loss against Notre Dame and they were gross about how good they yep. look and how recruits were all happy about that, how it's, right. the, the, how it's turning. And now look at them. And... Um, I think that uh, by far we should be by far not even close to best school in Florida because look at what happened the state of Miami. This is just, uh, well, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know what's going on with them. Even though I did predict <laughs> that they could start the season 0-3, but I didn't think it possible. But, hey, we'll see how it goes. And um, also, do we have any chance at getting Tyler Booker back? Because I think that would be a good get for a team and for the future. Um, after that game against Alabama, do you think you might still think about – Flipping over to Florida, I was still thinking about us as a possible school that he can go to. And that was my last question. Thank you very much, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I don't know any inside info on that one. I, I, I'm sure, guess, I would just say he's probably fully locked into to Alabama. Maybe somehow, some way, that's running game performance. <laughs> you, you, you'd hope would uh, maybe change some things there, but I, I don't think I'd get my hooks up for that one. All right, Yuri, I think you're in here now. This will be our last one before, uh, if you're still in here. Uh, get you in here and before I sign off on this one. Hey, what's up, Dave? Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. I'm clear. Oh, cool. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, listen, great game. A lot of a lot of good. Definitely some bad. Uh, one, I, I want to talk about bad real quick. Uh, I think okay. we really got to figure out um, how to start better because this 21, <laughs> 21 three start really killed us. I mean, it's really really hard to play from uh, from behind uh, from almost three touchdown deficit with a team like Alabama uh, one thing I agree with you 100 percent that uh, pass interference penalty completely completely um, you know kind of like killed the momentum for us because we were we were having the momentum and, and if we had that stop I think the game would have looked differently also I want to point out to uh, all the missed tackles and penalties the missed tackles were so obvious because we've had them where we needed yep. them. We could have stopped them on, on several drives, and you could see our defensive players just being a little bit out of position or could not wrap up their offensive players. So I think we kind of got to get back to fundamentals, you know, and, and, and be humble enough as a team to look at some of these mistakes and really clean it up. Because if we do, I think defensively, we can be even better. But uh, listen, not to take away, um, you know, the effort that we put in defensively, I think we... We played really, really well for three quarters. It was really encouraging to see. I think our running game is really, really good. I mean, because, you know, considering the fact that Alabama is defensively one of the top teams in the nation, if we can continue on with the running game like we've had against Alabama, man, we can be dangerous. That's super encouragement. And I think to your point, you know, as far as having three or four running backs, I think it's a good thing because I think they all bring different strengths to the table. I think they can play very, very well. And... Um, we can see how how just how elusive and how effective they can be in the running game. Uh, as far as Emery, love what he did. I think he uh, asserted himself as a as a QB. 
I think there'd be no more talk about, you know, starting quarterback, even though I think, you know, AR is coming. There's no there's no doubt about it. Um, so all in all, you know, I think it was great to see the, the comeback. It was great to see uh, the effort. And I think we were very close, man. I think a couple plays, a couple calls. And I think we, we it could have gone the other way. So just wanted to say that, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for hopping in there. You know, a lot of those uh, the fast starts and stuff. I, I spoke on uh, pretty pretty much at the beginning of this, but uh, you know, the, the the worries that I had there, the missed tackles, the yards after the catch, the yards after contact, all showed up early on versus uh, Alabama. They were able to just dominate the flats and get their running back on a on a one on one matchup versus a DB, which a DB is not really going to win that matchup a whole lot of times, especially when it comes to yards after contact. Uh, you, you, those Bama skill players, I'm telling you, they did such a good job of just spreading the field out and making sure they had after the catch, a one-on-one matchup that was benefiting their guys at the time. Uh, so uh, that was uh, part of their game plan early. They were able to execute that game plan uh, and, and really take advantage of the uh, of the Florida defense. And you know, Florida had their chances, as you said, stopping the tackles, the penalties as well, uh, all showed up early and, early and often there for that Florida defense. And uh, hopefully, you know, we see the improvement there early in games in, in that situation. But uh, – uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's still my biggest takeaway uh, of the game because I just think that was the biggest difference in the game. And another thing, too, real quick, I- I'm really curious to see how they're going to come out against Tennessee. I'm really curious to see what the mindset is going to be going forward, um, you know, because, again, if they can dominate the run game and don't play down to lesser teams going forward, I think that's really going to define a lot of things. Uh, for the rest of the season, man, they could really run the ball against one of the best defenses. If they can keep it going, it could be a special season. I really think so. And I think uh, Mullen said some good things in the um, post-conference um, as far as cleaning up little mistakes. You know, I think, again, what's the mindset of the team is going to be going forward? That's the big question. Can they start dominating from, you know, the opening uh, quarter uh, and, and really make some things happen there? Yeah, I mean, pressure and confidence now. I think you're know, starting with quarterback there. You know, Emory's got some more confidence now uh, going in after, you know, uh, a better performance there in the first couple of weeks. And uh, maybe some of the pressure now uh, is relieved in, in, in having that performance. So go out there and, and continue to be the leader uh, that we know he is uh, and, come and continue to, to help the team get better. And it starts right there, uh, I think, you know, and making sure your, your leader and your quarterback uh, take you into – um, you know, hosting another home game, you should be more comfortable at home, uh, and you know, being able just to just to bounce off of a good performance and, and keep it going. Yeah, absolutely, great stuff here, buddy. Uh, have a great day, go Gators. Go Gators. Stink man, what's up? What's going on, DW? Not much. Enjoying these conversations. I'll have a couple more people in here, and then I'll, I'll call it a rest of it. But I've seen you in here a good bit, so I saw you. I saw you requesting to get in, so I, I knew I had to let you in. Yeah, man, I just have two takes on the game, man. I'm just waking yeah. up so y'all don't talk about me. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would never question what Mullen does anymore. I mean, he had a great plan for that game. Yep. I was mad because AR wasn't going to play at the beginning. But the more I thought of it, thought about it, I understood he was trying to get the confidence for Emory. And it makes sense. And my last, my second thing is I'm glad Jeremiah Moon is back. Tell you what, man, I I was maybe a year early. I know when we did our, like, preseason predictions in 2020, I think I 
peg moon as a breakout player or or some maybe even mvp of the defense or something maybe i was a year early on that and uh i wasn't brave enough to pick it again coming into this year but uh maybe maybe he'll prove me wrong a bit and uh, as i as i pegged him in 2020 to have a big year maybe he'll have that big year in 2021 man he's doing his thing i give it to him hey i'm proud of the guys there's no moral victories i still say the ref caused us that game but you know that's just my opinion but um yeah, a lot, a lot of little things added up, man. That's the that's the frustrating part of it. But yeah, offensive defensively, man, held them to ten points in three quarters under a one hundred yard rushing. That's with the talent difference between us and them. That's hey, that's coaching, man, and I'm proud of them guys. Absolutely, absolutely, man. It was a lot, lot to take away from it. A lot of positives to take away from it. But uh, hopefully, this just guys, you know, just can can use it as a springboard for uh, even bigger, even bigger rest of the year. Yes, sir. All right. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators, man. Thank you. All right. A couple more of you in here now, and then I will call it. We'll call it there. If you if you do want to talk, I brought you in here. Uh, let's see. Who was it? Was it D? Morning, Dave. Hey, man. How are you? Morning, man. I just wanted to say, man, go Gators, man. I went to the game, man. It was amazing. The atmosphere was amazing, man. The crowd was amazing. We never gave up. Our D-line, man, I was so proud of them, man. Dexter is playing amazing, man. He made a stop. Yeah. On the, hey, he made a stop on the goal line, man. It was just like, I was really, it was just amazing, man. And another thing, man. What happened to Copeland down the stretch, man? I didn't see him. Um, you know, uh, it is. Um, it was you had. To, I mean, I'll, I'll give him a lot of credit for he he was he was helping out in the run game, blocking. Uh, so I'll give him some credit there. You know, for to play in this offense, and now the the focus of this offense in that run game, you're going to ask a lot of your wide receivers to block, and he may not be getting the catches, but he's still making sure he's engaged and and holding those blocks and making sure he springs some runs out going out out to outside. Like a lot of those option plays. They don't happen without your offensive tackles. They don't happen without your wide receivers blocking down the field either. So I'll give you some credit there. Uh, you will see with, with the passing game as it evolves a little bit more, I think uh, it's going to just be maybe different receivers week in and week out. That's going to be your highlight guys uh, and guys making the catch. Uh, I think that's probably with this focus in the in the run game of the offense. I think you know, receivers, it's just going to be I – mean, he was targeted a bit. You know, he, got that, he drew the pass interference call early on in the game. Uh, yeah. And – uh, I think there was another one. I got some targets Actually, there. I think yeah, he was yeah. targeted three or four times. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, it's just going to be with this offense and the focus in the run game, I think uh, it's just going to be a different receiver that's going to be garnering the, the catches week in and week out. And, uh, we, and part of the game plan as well. The, part of the game plan was to get these tight ends more involved. You saw it from the get-go. The very first couple, you know, Kamori Gamble, the very first drive was targeted – uh, three times or had three catches in the first drive and had the first two catches of the game. So um, probably a lot of just part, probably a lot of part of the game plan uh, going into it too and how much you will get these tight ends involved in the passing game too. Yeah, and another thing, our, our receivers, we got, we got a nice receiving core, especially Henderson. I'm surprised at his play, but I, I, I know he was highly recruited coming out of high school, but he's really living up to the, you know, the hype. Yeah, a lot of these guys is just about opportunity. You know, they've been, you know, overshadowed by guys playing in the NFL right now. Uh, so, you know, now now they have their chance. And 
I know uh, if you're highly recruited, we kind of expect maybe an immediate uh, immediate reaction, an immediate play time, and you got and, and to show up on campus ready to go. But especially at receiver with who Florida had and with, when Mullen came in here and then who he's been developed with, with Tony and Pitts along the way as well. You know, it's just uh, sometimes you just got to wait your time. I mean, it, it may take a little bit longer than we want it to. All right, Dave. Well, go Gators, man. Go Gators, man. Thanks for hopping in. All right, a couple more requests. Uh, I'm trying to get off here, but I, if you guys want to hop in, I'll keep it going just a little bit more. All right, let's see. Busy, you in here? You might ready to go? There you go. What's going on, Dave? I had a question, man. Yeah, man. Do you think? Do you think that? that this type of game, having Emory play the whole game is like a confidence builder, whereas when you face teams like Tennessee next week, you may not – he may not be so hesitant to, you know, make the throws and make plays, seeing as how he was able to do, you know, better towards the end of the Bama game. Yeah, but, and I said this in the podcast yesterday. Um, look, playing and choosing and develop a quarterback, it's not cookie cutter. I mean, you, 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 of course you have guys out there like Bryce Young for Alabama who – is a young quarterback and he's ready to go and is surrounded by a whole lot of five-star, four-star talent around him and, uh, and all that. And you know, it makes it maybe a little bit easier for a younger guy to come in in that regard. And then uh, maybe for somebody like Emory, it just takes time. You know, he didn't have a lot of these game reps, didn't have a lot of passing reps uh, in these first few years. And, and now he's getting that. Uh, so it's, it's not cookie cutter. Maybe, uh, and I keep going back to this, you know, for as good as Kyle Trask was, you know, we saw – it took him game reps to get a lot more comfortable. Now he came out and, and of course had the big comeback versus uh, versus Kentucky and, and and played and had some up and downs versus Tennessee and Auburn. But you saw as the more reps he got, the more comfortable he got. A lot of those sack fumbles where he held onto the ball too long and wasn't comfortable getting rid of the ball. Uh, you know he'd get hit and he'd fumble and lead to a big. Uh, uh, fumble recovery by the defense, putting the defense in bad situations. But, you know, the more he played, the more comfortable he got, and you didn't see those mistakes from Kyle Trask. So, you know, getting more game reps is just probably the most important part for Emory right now. Uh, and, right. You know, of course, of course, a lot of experience, and he's been in this system for a while, but maybe maybe it's just those game reps. That's the final step for Emory to, uh, you know, live, you know to, to be the quarterback that, that can carry this team. And look, we'll see AR, too. There's, but, but those are guys who are going to play, but I do think now is just the more game rips that Emory gets, you know, he'll he'll get more comfortable, and I think in in in, in turn we'll feel more comfortable uh, with him out there leading this team as well. Right, I felt like I felt like toward the end of the game, he started to make decisions a little better. Even sometimes just went ahead and scrambled instead of sitting back there for so long and throwing it late. Took off and got the first down, and you know, extended the drive and just you know, I'd rather him do stuff like that than to wait, 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 and then make a mistake, throw another pick or something like that. So I made a post saying that I feel like he grew up this game, and I believe it's these type of games that, are, you know, when you're facing lesser opponents towards the end of the year, because face it, we ain't going to face nobody as good as Bama besides Georgia, and I don't even know if Georgia really legit. So I think I think this, this might have been the game that he grew up and we start to see him perform, at least make decisions better, you know, towards the end of the year. So, yeah, that's all I want to ask you, Dave. Yeah, man. Appreciate excited. you having me on, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, excited to see uh, uh, the growth of the whole team as well, you know, moving, moving forward with this one, you know, start, start with you there. All right. All right, man. Go Gators. Go Gators. All right, T. Smith, I see you in here. If you want to hop on, this will be the last one. 
Hey, good morning, Dave. Hey, good morning, Dave. Hey, I just uh, wanted to ask about one specific player. Uh, everybody else kind of covered most of the players on offense. Uh, Justin Shorter, he – I, you know, I follow him on Instagram – and um, you know, I don't I don't follow every player, but you know, just mainly the big ones. Um, he put in so much work off season, like literally every day. That dude was on the field, on, I mean, just giving it his all, practicing, practicing, putting in reps. And I I I picked him as a breakout player this year, and he he just kind of kind of been quiet. I, I noticed one time specifically in the end zone, he was targeted. Yeah, and, uh, he dropped the ball. You know, he was he was draped all over, but. That's still a catch from a five-star guy coming out of high school that you expect him to make. Um, kind of what you feeling on him? You know, I'm not I'm not trying to call him out or anything because I think he's a good player. Uh, I've seen him make some good blocks, but um, just as far as receiving the ball, what 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 you think's going on with him? Yeah, I mean, it's tough tough to say. I mean, he's out there uh, a lot, so you know, if you're if you're trotting out there and being coached by Billy Gonzalez, I'm just uh, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you deserve to be out there and and stuff. And you know, maybe we. we when we start maybe seeing you know, the, the the passing game grew up in this in this game too, but maybe some more consistency there, and we see some more consistency by these wide receivers as well. Uh, you know, step up just a little bit. And um, like I said, going back you know, a couple couple uh, discussions ago about Copeland and stuff with this with this focus in the run game now, it's just uh, I'm not sure we're going to see a consistent wide receiver every week. You know, be the be the guy that step up. It may be Copeland one week and shorter the next week, and Whittemore the next, and you get these tight ends involved as well um basically this whole offense i mean you, you could say that about the you could say that about the quarterbacks in some way you could say that about the running backs in some way you, you've got plenty of options there at running back at wide receiver uh quarterback to a degree as well so uh you know just it, it may be a different guy every week that you that, that you point to you know just a shorter it may be against Tennessee where he has five catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. You know, I'm not, um, I, I do hear you, you know, early on in the season and you know, he's a five-star guy and you maybe expect to see a little more um, uh, for, for, from, from him. But just, I, I just think with the offense, what you were kind of vanilla conservative, however you want to say the first couple of weeks and then uh, Bama and, and how the run game was working. I just, I'm still not sure there's enough out there just yet to say, at least for that receiver core, who's going to be uh, a guy that's going to be consistently stepping up week in and week out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you just look at his size. Uh, he's a guy you would think that at least 60% of the targets through the area would be towards his way. I mean, six, five, I mean that's that's a huge huge yeah. target. Um, and it took about midseason last year before we know really felt you know he had the first touchdown versus Georgia last year and then had that big time catch versus Arkansas the game after that. So you know, like I said, it just may be uh, you know a certain stretch, a certain game in the season. Why I just think it's just because with, with the options Florida has at receiver, I, I do think it's just uh, you know if. Maybe consistency is the wrong word. Maybe, you know, I think a lot goes into it, the play calling, how the running game's working, and just, you know, a lot of other options out there too. Yeah. And Trent Whittemore, man, good God. He's he's that dude, man. He's He comes through clutch so many times. I, I noticed the first uh, couple of catches he had for first down, and then they was uh, – I think it was third and long. You know, we threw the ball, I think, just a yard or two short of the, of the line of game. You know, he just – he comes in clutch so much. And – Another thing, the tight ends, man, they come in big that game. Um, I noticed Gamble got hurt. I don't, I didn't notice if he ever came back in the game or not. But um, yeah, I'm on my rewatch now. I'm not so sure either. I gotta watch the second half. I know that's when. Yeah, like you said, he got hurt uh, there. I'm not sure. 
him coming but back. Even, even Zipper, man, he, he played a big role, made some good blocks, uh, had a few catches. Um, and uh, up until this point, I, I don't think I've seen a tight end catch a ball all year. So I think that was maybe something Mullen was keeping a little under wraps, was getting the tight ends involved. Hey, I'm super impressed with our performance. You know, no more victories for me. I live in Alabama. It's tough. Uh, I'm going to hear it all week this week. <laughs> I mean, um, but the ones I've talked to so far, I've, you know, got a couple of real good buddies that's Alabama fans. And, um, you know, they give us our respect just like they did last year. You know, they they talked about they're going to beat us, they're going to beat us. And uh, and then now, you know, they're like, hey, I don't know if Florida ain't better than us. I'm like, nah, we ain't going to go there. But for the talent, <laughs> for the talent difference, man, I, I was telling them, I said, look, you got to you got to realize what kind of talent difference is on the field. I mean, it is not even close. Um, you know, I know I know something come out that we was I think ranked number seven in the in the nation on talent, yeah. but I I just don't I don't see that neither. As far as how our recruiting has been, you know, barely cracking the top ten every year. Um, and you got Bama and Georgia, they're they're one and two fighting every year for that one and two spot, and I'm like, it's not even close. So. Uh, I give Mullen his props, you know, and, and um, Todd Grantham, man, look, I, I know people down him and, um, you know, I'm, I might have been on that fire train for a little while, but you got to give that dude his props too. You know, he gave up 21 points in that first quarter and then it just, I mean, to keep a, a team like Bama to 10 points for three quarters, that's huge. Yeah, he did. It, it set the stage for the comeback, you know. Like I, I've said it plenty of times, wishing we didn't need to come back. You know, it was a little bit of a faster start there. But I'll, 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 I'll slam him for the start. But I'll give him credit at the same time for you know able to to the forty to get back in it there without you know dominating second quarter there uh, for, for, from the defense. So yeah, plenty, right. yeah, plenty, plenty to plenty to go around on both sides of that. Of that oh, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, Dave, I appreciate it. Enjoy the show and go Gators, man. Go Gators. All right, guys. I know a couple more of you in here, but it just it keeps it just keeps going. So I'm going to have to call it there. Sorry if you sorry if you're in here, uh, but it just uh, uh, it keeps going. After I, I thought I was going to stop about 10 15 minutes ago, but everybody, thanks for hopping in. If you didn't make this one, you'll hop back in. I'll do it again on Friday morning. Headed to Tennessee game. Uh, there, everybody, listen to Alabama review. You can hear even more thoughts there. I put that up, posted it yesterday, uh, posted this morning as well. So go check that out. Will Miles and I tonight on Gators breakdown. Of course, plenty, plenty to discuss there. I'll get more into the poll question I put up there about the outlook for the Gators uh, after this Alabama game uh, moving forward. We'll hear, we'll hear from Dan Mullen at 1 o'clock today as well, so uh, we'll get any highlights coming from the press conference to put in the episode as well. So, everybody, thanks for listening to this Twitter Spaces chat, and I'll catch you on the next one.